premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Well, hey there, folks. This is Joe Ruscielo, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. All right, folks. And we are broadcasting live from the Asylum Studios here in the beautiful city of Eagle Pass, Texas. And uh, it is a beautiful Thursday night here. It is a, uh, a sweltering 104 degrees at 7 p.m. In, uh, in Eagle Pass. Where do I live? It is like um, uh, I was telling a friend uh, when I was back up in New York, he said, well, you know, what's the weather like down there in Texas and where you are? And I said, well, it's usually just about a few degrees cooler than hell. And boy, has it been. And, uh, but it is a beautiful night here, and we are looking forward to uh, getting into our uh, Thursday night Bible study. Now, on uh, Sunday, uh, because of the travel schedule that I was on uh, with going back up to New York for Mom's funeral and, and, uh, and being with the family, uh, I, I wasn't able to, uh, to uh, develop a, uh, a message for our Sermon Sunday broadcast. So we just did our uh, Thursday night Bible study on our Sermon Sunday. And uh, I know it's a little bit out of sequence, but that's okay. That's fine. Uh, now, on tonight's Thursday night Bible study, what we're going to do is we're going to continue on in the book of Revelation, and we're going to pick it up once again in Revelation chapter 20. And the reason why I say again is because we attempted to get into Revelation chapter 20 on, uh, on Sunday, but uh, we spent the entire broadcast talking about the millennial kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is really something that is so incredibly exciting. It's something that I love to talk about. The only problem was I was feeling really under the weather uh, while we were uh, doing the show, so uh, the level of enthusiasm might not have necessarily been there. Well, I'm still, I'm still kind of feeling under the weather, but not anywhere near as bad as it was uh, uh, on Sunday. And uh, so uh, we're, we're going to be looking forward to getting into actually getting into chapter 20 and actually getting into a verse of chapter 20. Now, uh, here we are at the, uh, in chapter 20 of Revelation, and we've you know, pretty much almost come to the conclusion of this amazing book. And uh, like I said last week, you know, I've really enjoyed teaching this, and I hope that you've learned something from it, and I ho- really do hope that it was a beneficial study for you. It was for me. There was a lot of things that, um, as I was bringing them to you, 
were things that I was learning myself. Uh, you know, I am not an expert on these things. I'm still learning as I go as well. A lot of times when I'm preaching and teaching, I'm, I'm doing it to myself also. It's not just for you. So uh, it's been a real blessing for me to take part in this study, and I was really looking forward to it way back 20-some-odd weeks ago when we got started in the book of Revelation, and I told you that uh, I had heard some, some really good teaching on Revelation, and I've heard some not-so-good teaching on Revelation, and I hope for you this is on the uh, really good side. But uh, regardless of whether it is or not, uh, I do hope that it was beneficial to you, and I do hope that you got something out of it. Now, uh, Revelation 20 is uh, primarily about the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. But as you get into the chapter, it also touches on uh, the battle of Gog and Magog, which takes place at the end of the, trib- of the I'm sorry, the end of the millennial kingdom. And then the, uh, the chapter ends with uh, a terrifying event, uh, an event that we call the Great White Throne of Judgment. And uh, we're going to take a look at that tonight as well. Now, before we get into the rest of our Bible study for tonight, I'm going to ask you to do just two things for me. First of all, would you please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And when you get over there, head over to our contact section and uh, open up that web form. And why don't you send us over a message? Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, folks, don't forget to send over your prayer requests. Uh, I get several prayer requests uh, at times, and at times I don't get anything. But uh, I do take great joy in the opportunity to pray over your prayer needs and to spend time with the Lord over your prayer needs, uh, as well as my own. And uh, it's a real blessing for me. And then also to bring in bring your prayer request before the Sword of the Spirit podcast family uh, for prayer as well, of course, with your permission. Now, if you don't like to use the web form, hey, that's fine. You could always email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Now, folks, also, while you're on the website, would you please look for that Support This Podcast button? And when you find it, would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set that up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Now, if you can't do a monthly recurring contribution, that's totally understandable, especially the way the economy is right now. Uh, if you can do a one-time contribution, we would appreciate that just as much. And uh, if you're able to do that, you can do it by clicking on the Waygiver button, which is on our website. Or you could scan the Cash App QR code, which is also on our website. So no matter how you go about it, folks, pray about it. And if the Lord leads you to do it, and if these podcasts and these live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, and if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a very, very long way. And I would be extremely thankful for it. Now, uh, I mentioned it last week, and I'll mention it again this week. Uh, We... Uh, have lost quite a few of our uh, monthly contributors. Uh, Ever since we touched on Revelation chapter 18 and 19, uh, particularly when we were talking about uh, Mystery Babylon and uh, the Great Whore 
and um, we were talking about the uh, connection between Mystery Babylon and ancient Babylon and today's modern Roman church uh, in both the uh, uh, spiritual aspect of it and in the uh, political economic aspect of it as well. And, uh, you know, after those two shows, uh, we lost more than half of our monthly support. So uh, we're going to be tightening the belt here a little bit at the Sword of the Spirit podcast. But we do trust the Lord that he will provide. And so far, uh, we've been able to meet our obligations. But like I said, if, um, if you feel like the Lord's leading you to do it and you're able to help us out with a contribution, we would really, really appreciate that. Now, first and foremost, I want to say uh, at this point, I want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Like we always do, we take a few minutes here just to say thank you. And uh, I want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ, of course, for the most important thing, and that is the gift of salvation. Uh, Today is is my 23rd birthday. Can you believe that? I am, uh, I am officially 23 years old. Well, no, not really. Uh, I am 23 years old into my second birth, my new birth. Today, 23 years ago, uh, not too long from now on the clock, uh, I heard the gospel message and I asked the Lord Jesus Christ to save me. And uh, you've heard me give this testimony before. Uh, I'm not going to go into tremendous detail with it right now because I just actually signed a deal where this is going to become a major motion picture in the uh, in the coming months and year. So uh, we're trying to get uh, Jake Gyllenhaal to play me. So <laughs> no, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, I'd like to play myself. No, of course not. I'm not looking for anything like that. Uh, that's not my bag. So... Um, in all seriousness, uh, I've rehearsed the, uh, my testimony uh, so many times. I'm not going to get into great detail with it today. But uh, 23 years ago, I was searching. And just like, just like uh, the Bible says that if a man is searching, God will provide the answer to it. Um, and you get that over in the book of Romans. Uh, the Lord responded. And uh, on my way to work one night, I was listening to uh, a Christian radio station called WMCA up in New York City, and I heard a radio preacher, uh, well, not just a radio preacher, he preached at a church, he was a pastor of a church, but uh, this, uh, this radio preacher was preaching a message on hell and who's going there, and it just seemed to me that the Holy Spirit was nudging me through that thing because it seemed like, now I did not hear an actual voice, if you understand what I'm saying, but uh, I got that prodding, like, hey, Joe, I'm talking to you. Joe, this is a message for you, Joe. Don't go to hell. And uh, it honestly, literally scared the hell out of me. And I don't think there's any greater motivation to not go to hell than absolute terror of going to hell. So uh, I wrote down that phone number uh, for, that sh- for that radio show, and I-, I waited a couple of days because I chickened out. And I finally called, and then um, uh, we met in uh, Lower Manhattan uh, along the West Side Highway. We met for a meal, and I remember I was carrying a big, big red duffel bag full of books and everything that I was researching and studying on my own. And I remember bringing that into the uh, restaurant with us, and the pastor looked at it, and he says, you don't need any of that. And he put his King James Bible on the table and said, this is all you need. 
And uh, from that point on, our conversation was all about the need of salvation, the importance of salvation. And the thing that he said to me is something that I say to you over and over and over again. And that is that salvation is the single most important decision you will ever make in your life because it has eternal consequences. And uh, you could not have a more accurate statement about your need for salvation. So uh, after giving me the gospel at the restaurant, we walked back to where I was working, uh, and we went out onto a pier. We went onto Pier 34 at the corner of Canal Street and West Street in Lower Manhattan. And in the middle of all the chaos of New York City, I'll spare you all the details of it. It's a great story, though, um, if I do say so myself. Uh, in the middle of all the chaos of New York City on a, on a, on a, on a, on a I think it was a Friday night, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he led me to the Lord Jesus Christ, and I got down on my knees in the middle of that pier, and I asked the Lord Jesus Christ to save me. And when I got up, I knew that there was something different. I felt clean. I felt like I could float. I could have probably walked on water, probably would have did a little bit better than Peter, uh, you know, because that's how, that, that, that's how amazing it felt to know without a shadow of a doubt that the Lord Jesus Christ saved me with his precious, sinless, perfect blood. And my friends, that could be for you too. All you need to do is put your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood and the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. Tell him, let him know, Lord Jesus, I am a, I am a rotten filthy, dirty sinner, and I am on my way to hell. But Lord, I don't want to go there. Please save me. And if you pray a prayer like that, similar to that, the Lord will save you. He will save you. And again, folks, it's not the prayer that saves you. What saves you is the Lord Jesus Christ, is his perfect, sinless blood that was applied to your account that was imputed to your account. Think of it like you go to the bank, you get a check, right? You go to the bank and you sign that check and you give it to the teller and the teller imputes it to your account. The same thing, the same principle. The, sh the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is imputed to your account and it takes care of your sin debt. There is no reason why anyone, anyone should go to hell. And if anyone does go to hell, they have no one to blame for it but themselves because God provided a way out. All you have to do is accept it. Accept that gift, and you will never, ever regret it. Folks, I also want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for allowing me to have this ministry, for allowing me to sit here week after week, open up a Bible and, and talk with you about the, the things of the Lord and to, and to learn and to understand things and apply these things to our everyday life. What a tremendous blessing and a ministry this is that the Lord has uh, allowed me to have, and I am extremely thankful for that. I have met so many wonderful Christians uh, as I've been doing this, and and uh, and not only in other podcasters, but also at, in the folks that have been listening to the show uh, through their emails. Um, I mean, you guys are great, and I and I am so thankful 
so thankful that the Lord allowed this to happen for us. It's been a real blessing. I also want to say thank you to all of you who already support us prayerfully. Thank you so very much for your prayers. Please continue to pray for this ministry. Please continue to pray for, uh, for my family. Please continue to pray for me as we go forward. And I pray every day that God would continue to bless you as you pray for us. I also want to say thank you for all of those who uh, are still supporting us. Thank you so very much for your financial support. God bless you for it. And, uh, uh, you know, again, your contributions really do help us keep things going here. So thank you so very much for it. And uh, also I want to say thank you, of course, to every single one of our listeners, every one of you who tune in faithfully to show after show after show, episode after episode, whether it's the live show or the podcast version. Thank you so very much for doing that. because of that, you know, we are still trending high in the search algorithms on platforms like Good Pods. We're still holding number one positions on Good Pods. And uh, that's a tremendous blessing for me. And thank you so very much for it. Please, please continue to listen to the show and download it and, and, and with the plays. And, uh, and, you know, you can get us on all of your major podcasting platforms. You got us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music. We're on um, we're on uh, <laughs> Good Pods, of course, my favorite platform, uh, and we're about, on about 20 different platforms. And uh, uh, it, it's, it's just incredible, the outreach that we have. But folks, wherever it is that you're listening, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. That way, you'll help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, with all that said, how about we get to some announcements? All righty, let's see. So, up first in our announcements, as usual, we're going to talk about our Thursday night Bible study. Now, our Thursday night Bible study meets every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, for the last 24 weeks, we have been going through the book of Revelation. And uh, again, we're coming to the culmination of this amazing and wonderful and incredible book. And uh, uh, it's really been an exciting study. And I hope, again, that it's something that you've, uh, you've appreciated, got a good blessing out of, and hopefully learned something from. And uh, when we're finished with this, I have a couple of ideas as to where we're going. So I've got to get to work on it soon because before you know it, we'll be completely finished. And um, I don't want to get caught uh, unprepared. So uh, Thursday night Bible study, 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Where can you hear us? Well, you can hear it on our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. We have, a, we have a nice little player on our website there. You can listen to us live and also all of the archived episodes. Uh, or you can uh, look for us on Spreaker, Spreaker.com. Just search for the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and uh, you'll find us there as well. Now, the uh, added benefit to Spreaker is that we have a chat group. And uh, if you uh, have an active account on Spreaker and you log in, you can jump into that chat group, and we can interact during the course of the program. So uh, that's every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Also, we have our Sermon Sunday broadcast every uh, Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Same setup. All you need to do is head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. You can listen live on our homepage or the archives or check us out on Spreaker as well. Now, folks, if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, why don't you consider paying us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, all you need to do is log in the church's Facebook page, uh, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and once you get there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information, and also you'll find episodes of this podcast. And we are, of course, always thankful to the church for allowing us to post our show on the church's Facebook page. Once again, we are not an official ministry of First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. Um, I am not an officer of the church at all. I am just a member of the church. And, uh, you know, our pastor, John Monk, my friend as well, has been tremendously supportive of us from uh, from day one, from the first episode we launched over a year ago. Uh, he has been supportive, and I am so thankful for that and for his friendship. And, of course, as his pastoral leadership, his teaching is just unbelievable. Uh, so, uh, so, again, thank you to the folks at First Baptist Church, and you should definitely come out and check us and uh, pay us a visit. All right, folks, um, I want to tell you about uh, a great podcast that I listen to every single week, and that's the Three Pillars podcast hosted by my great friend, Chase Tobin. The Three Pillars podcast focuses on personal growth, utilizing the three pillars of fitness, spiritual, mental, and physical. Uh, Chase drops a new episode every Friday morning, and uh, you can find them on all of your major podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You could also find his video uh, version of the podcast at on YouTube. Just search for Tobinator the Motivator. <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah. uh, and then you got uh, on Rumble, which, by the way, I would recommend Rumble over YouTube any day. Uh, you can find him on rumble.com at Three Pillars Podcast. Also, you can find his website at threepillarspodcast.wordpress.com. So don't forget to check out the Three Pillars Podcast every Friday morning, uh, usually about 11 o'clock. He drops that new episode. All right, folks, now, uh, now that the tribulation's over, and uh, we're going into, I'm talking about in our study, of course, not in re- not in. Uh, in the current world situation. That's not too far down the road, of course, but we haven't been there yet. We're not there now, and uh, we'll be coming there shortly. Um, but uh, I'm still going to tell you about your your need to uh, check out information regarding prepping and being prepared. And the best place to do that would be to head over to the Contra Radio Network. The Contra Radio Network is a single podcast that houses nearly a dozen talented podcast and vidcast hosts and artists from around the country who release content daily. The Contra Radio Network podcast releases 15 to 20 shows a week, depending on current events, and there are no issues that are off limits to any of these patriots. 
If you want a breakdown of current events, we got it. If you want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency, we got that. If you want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic, believe it or not, it's not me. It's not me, but we got a guy that does that. Now, if you also want to hear more about politics, if you want more Bible studies, more information on sports, camping, firearms, and more, the Contra Radio Network has it all covered in spades. You can find the Contra Radio Network on all of your major podcasting platforms that are out there, and you can also find them on their own website at www.crn.best. That's www.crn.best. All right, folks, uh, don't forget to head over to our website and sign up for our programming announcement subscription. Uh, All that is is just an email list that we keep that um, we send out when we have any kind of a change to our scheduling, whether it's a cancellation, whether it's uh, a late start or an earlier start, whether we have a guest. Uh, The best way for us to reach you is through email. So uh, head on over to our website, sign up for the programming announcement subscription. It's free. Don't cost you nothing. And uh, we do not give away, sell, or share any of your information. It all stays with us. And um, uh, you'll get these emails from us rarely, to be honest. Uh, And uh, uh, it's, like I said, it's free. And it's important for you to stay in the know. So uh, get yourself on the mailing list and uh, let us uh, get that information out to you when it's necessary and available. Now, also on our website, check out our Sword Swag section. And when you get over there, you're going to find uh, some really nice Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs. Uh, I am not using my Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mug tonight because I have a little glass of um, uh, tonight's uh, broadcasting beverage, and that is a uh, Starbucks Americano Espresso. So cheers. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Definitely going to need another one of those before the show's over. All right. But if you'd like to get the Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mug, you can get that for a $25 contribution. And or if you'd like one of these really nice Sword of the Spirit podcast T-shirts, you can get one of those for a $35 contribution. Now, to do that, just hit the info button that's on the Sword Swag page. And uh, let me know what it is that you're looking for. I will send you the link to where you can make your contribution, and we will get that sent out to you as quickly as we possibly can. All right, that'll just about do it for our announcements section. So uh, we're going to take our first break of the evening here. Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. That way you'll help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are on Spreaker, don't forget to jump on into our chat group and drop us off any questions, comments, cares, concerns, or prayer requests that you have. And uh, when we get back from this break, we'll get into our prayer requests. We've had a number of additions to it uh, since last week. And uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. Don't go away. As the sun rose that morning on the day of Job's trial, he rose up to serve God as any other day. 
bound and determined to live in God's favor, and nothing would stand in His way. Then the messengers came one by one with their stories. In just a few moments, Job lost all he had. Great wealth and riches and the health of his body, and even his children were dead. The Lord giveth, he taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I served him before and I'll serve him today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job's wife came before him to voice her opinions. She said, you should end it. Just curse God and die. Job rose from the ashes and looked toward the heavens. He brushed back the tears in his eyes. He said, The Lord giveth, he taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I served him before and I'll serve him today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When troubles come silently, blessed be the name. When storm winds blow violently, blessed be the name. When Satan comes oppressing me, blessed be the name. I'll still serve God faithfully, blessed be the name. The Lord giveth, he taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. I served him before and I'll serve him today. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord, the Lord. The sky above us would never turn gray, but life isn't always sunshine. We have times that leave us asking why, and when the clouds roll in and tears begin to fall, there must be a reason for it all. will never waste our pain he brings beauty out of brokenness and hope to our heartache healing out of every hurt that invades our shattered world we never walk through trials in vain he's the redeemer of the Father through hands of grace. 
He'll use the sorrow to draw us, to call us closer to His side. It's in the middle of the storm we learn to trust that He is always watching over us. Redeemer of the rain, the Lord will never waste our pain. He brings beauty out of brokenness and hope to our heartache. Healing out of every hurt that invades our shattered world. We never walk through trials in vain. He's a redeemer of the rain. Dark days we walk through. Dark days we walk through. They leave a path for others, leading them to the redeemer of the rain. hold to our heartache healing out of every hurt that invades our shattered world we never walk through trials in vain we've known his mercy long enough to say he's a redeemer of the Amen. Amen and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and uh, we're going to get into our prayer requests here in uh, just a quick second because I was being a little lazy and I did not scroll it up enough. <clears throat> I was too busy sipping on my, uh, my Starbucks uh, espresso Americano. Uh, <laughs> such a... All right, uh, prayer requests. All right, now, first of all, folks, uh, before we uh, uh, do anything with the prayer requests, you know, I always want to tell you uh, that, first of all, first and foremost, before any other prayer we do, we always pray for those folks that are in need of salvation. Now, I know that there are more people out there listening that uh, are in need of salvation that aren't on this list. And uh, I am sure that, uh, that, that you folks listening... Uh, my, especially my regular listeners, um, if you're working on anybody, you're talking to somebody, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're praying for somebody, let me know so I can put them on our prayer list here uh, and uh, we can pray for them together. And uh, you know what the Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, you know, matters established. So um, not an exact quote, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, so it's important, folks, to get on the prayer list for salvation. Now, Salvation, again, is the single most important decision you are ever going to make in your life, folks, because it has eternal consequences. And what that means is that if you reject the gospel, if you reject the gospel, what will end up happening is when the church is raptured out, like we've already studied in Revelation chapter 4, 
Um, when the church is raptured out, you're going to be left behind. You're going to have to go through the tribulation period, and it's not going to be a cakewalk. Okay, it's not going to be a cakewalk. It's not going to be the most pleasant experience that you're going to endure uh, for your life. All right. And uh, if you reject the gospel and you die in your sin, well, when you close your eyes here, your eyes are going to open up in hell. And you're going to be in hell until the great white throne judgment when death and hell get cast into the lake of fire and then burns forever there. So. Uh, and we'll talk about the Great White Throne Judgment uh, today uh, toward the end of our, uh, our Bible study when we get into Revelation chapter 20. Um, so it's extremely important, folks. It's absolutely important that you settle your salvation today. Do it today. Don't wait. Don't, don't, go, don't pause on it. There is nothing that you need to take care of in your life that's more important than that. And... Uh, I, I really hope that you're paying attention to that. All right. Now, folks, uh, on our prayer list, we're still praying for, for David up in New York. Uh, those of you who know David, who, who don't know, rather, David is a, is a personal friend of mine. He's been a friend of mine for many, many, many years. And uh, I have personally sat down with David and visited with David and, and presented the gospel to David. And uh, he has rejected the gospel every single time I've brought it to him. But we don't give up. We don't, uh, you know, we don't just push him off to the side. We continue to pray for him, and we just pray that the Lord will have somebody uh, cultivate that seed that was planted and watered. So we're praying for David up in New York. We're also praying for the unsaved members of the Baldino family. Uh, the, uh, I, I happen to personally know uh, some folks of the Baldino family that, uh, and I know that they've been given the gospel, and I know that they've heard the truth, um, and uh, so the seed is planted there. We just we're just waiting for the Lord to uh, to cultivate that one. Uh, we're also praying for uh, a young man in our church. Uh, Manuel has asked for prayers for his mom for her salvation. We're praying for Sharon for her salvation, and uh, uh, Adam in our church has uh, asked for uh, prayers for his dad for salvation. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and, and ask the Lord uh, to work in them to uh, bring them to salvation. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the gift of salvation that you've given us through your precious Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we just lift them all of these folks that are on our prayer list to you today, Lord, for salvation. We're thinking of David, the, uh, the Baldino family, Manuel's mother, Sharon, and Adam's father, Lord, we just lift them up to you. Lord, we ask them, we, Lord, we ask you to uh, just reach down your nail-scarred hair from heaven. Lord, and I pray that you would just draw them out of that pit of hell. Father, I pray that you would raise up folks around them that would uh, be able to uh, give them a good gospel witness. And Lord, that they would receive that message. And Lord, they would give, their, give themselves over to the Lord Jesus Christ. They would accept that perfect gift of salvation. Father God, we thank you so much for all that you do for us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, we're going to go down our, uh, our sick list. Now, um, we've added a few onto the sick list here, and uh, we'll get to those in just a second. But uh, as always, we uh, first mention Pastor Martin for, uh, for prayer. For those of you who don't know, Pastor Martin is 89 years old. 
He has served over 50 years in the pastoral ministry. Uh, he is currently struggling with uh, uh, terribly poor vision. He has a, uh, a heart condition. He has eczema. He has issues with his blood pressure. And uh, he's been uh, feeling kind of weak over the last several days. So uh, we want to pray for uh, Pastor Martin. Now, the great thing with Pastor Martin is, and he's a, he's a good example of, uh, of, of a good Christian, uh, Pastor Martin here at 89 years old with all of the health problems that he has still to this day goes out once a week and stands on a street corner and street preaches 89 years old not only does he do that and don't don't misunderstand I'm not bragging on the man I'm, I'm what I'm trying to do is 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 show you something here okay this man also reads his Bible with the incredibly poor vision that he has. Ten chapters every single day. Ten chapters every day. And he has to sit at a desk that has one of those big magnifying lenses attached to it because he can't see. And it takes him all day to read ten chapters. There are some of us that don't spend ten minutes reading one chapter in our Bible. But he takes all day to read ten chapters. That's a shame on us. A shame on us. And that fact that at his advanced age, with his, with his health issues, that he's out on the street corner preaching. I mean, come on, folks. Don't you think there's a little bit more that you and I could do for the Lord? I would hope so. So we want to pray for Pastor Martin. Uh, we're praying for my brother-in-law, Jude, who has COVID. We're praying for my sister, Laura, who uh, has COVID. Uh, also, she has a, a, a problem with her back as well. Uh, we're also praying for uh, Gabriella, Carmela, Dominic, Nicholas, and Olivia, who are all sick as well uh, with various things not necessarily related to COVID. Uh, we're praying for Laura. Uh, who is uh, who is fighting cancer? We're praying for Janae, who has a uh, heart condition, and we've been praying for Janae for some time. And I'm going to see if I can get an update. Uh, I haven't heard anything recently for Janae, so let's I'll see if I can get an update for the next show. Uh, we're praying for Sharon Baldino, who is uh, battling cancer. We're praying for Martin Mata, who has lymphoma. Daniel Villarreal, who uh, starts chemo on Monday, or actually started chemo again on Monday. Uh, Alex Ortiz uh, with problems with his, uh, with his breathing. Uh, Diego Ortiz as well. We're praying for Juan with uh, an aggressive and an advanced cancer. We're praying for uh, a good brother in Christ and a good friend of mine, Ruben, uh, who is uh, dealing with a severe pinched nerve. And uh, haven't been able to uh, get in touch with Ruben to get an update since I got back from New York, so I'll, I'll see if I can do that for the next show. We're also praying for um, Patricia Alvarado, who has uh, kidney problems in relation to cancer. Uh, and we're praying for Tina, who also has been fighting cancer. And we're praying for Jerry Torres, uh, who is recovering from a broken leg. All right, uh, going down our prayer list here, we're also going to be praying for, uh, once again, we're praying for my brother-in-law Jude for his business up in New York. He's a contractor. 
And uh, folks, if you are in the New York City area and you are looking for a contractor, let me know. And I will happily put you in contact with my brother-in-law. He does really great work, and I think you'd be really happy using him. Uh, perhaps you guys can get something going on. Just uh, shoot me an email, let me know, and uh, I'll put you guys in contact. We're also praying for uh, a good brother in Christ, Aldo, and his business up here in Eagle Pass, or down here in Eagle Pass, uh, at Pro HVAC. Um, praying also for uh, a great brother in Christ, Federico Salinas, a uh, good friend to me as well. Uh, you talk about a prayer warrior. He's a prayer warrior. And uh, I am so thankful to the Lord for him, for his friendship, for his fellowship. And so we continue to pray for him uh, and that the Lord will protect him and his family as he serves. We're also praying for another great brother in Christ, uh, my brother Hector. Uh, Hector's a good man, a good Christian man. And uh, I am really thankful and blessed to have him as a friend. Uh, we're also praying for Alex Gonzalez, uh, for the Lord to use him in a, in, a, in a powerful way at his workplace as an effective witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're also praying for Liz for a uh, financial matter that she is currently working to resolve. We're also praying for Angela for the uh, classes that she is now in for her, for, uh, her job. We're praying for Isabella for her walk with the Lord and Jessica for her walk with the Lord. And then, of course, we go down our list and we have our unspoken prayers. And our unspoken prayers are basically just prayers that if, uh, you know, may, they may be too personal to have all the details aired out. But, you know, we know that the Lord knows exactly what the need is and he'll answer those prayers you know, according to his will. Or uh, perhaps it's um, a, some situation that you just don't have the right words to describe uh, the prayer need. But again, the Lord knows exactly what you need before you even know. So we're confident that the Lord will know what exactly those needs are. So we're praying for, uh, for uh, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. We're praying for Larissa. We're praying for Brother Hector. We're praying for Manuel. Angela has an unspoken. Laura has an unspoken. We're praying for Mireya. If I'm not saying it properly. Forgive me for that. And we're also uh, praying for Uriel has an unspoken request. Our Heavenly Father. We want to thank you, Lord, for all of those that uh, have come forward and put themselves on our prayer list. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity and the privilege to pray for them. Father, we thank you that you have uh, uh, parted the veil to the Holy of Holies and allowed us and granted us access to the throne of grace. Father, we would just pray for all of those on our sick list. Lord, we pray that you would touch each and every one of them. Lord, we pray that you would uh, bring healing from, uh, from cancers. Lord, we pray that you would uh, bring healing from those with COVID. Lord, we pray that you would uh, just touch each body and bring comfort where it's needed. And Lord, we just thank you so much for uh, your ability to do so and to touch us in such a great way. Father, we also lift up those that are on our general prayer list. And Lord, we, uh, we think, of, uh, think of, of uh, Jude and his business and Federico, and Lord, we just pray that you would continue to bless him and hedge him about, and Aldo and his business, and Lord, we pray for Brother Hector as he's out working overnights, and Lord, we just pray that you would just hedge him and protect him. For Brother Alex, as, uh, as he witnesses at the workplace, for Liz and her financial matter, Angela for her classes, Lord, Isabella and Jessica as they, uh, as they work to, to uh, draw closer to you, Lord, we pray that you would draw close to them. 
And then, of course, Lord, for the unspoken prayers of our hearts, Lord, we lift up all those on our unspoken prayer list. Father, we just ask you just to uh, answer all of these prayers according to your perfect will for us and for our lives. And we will thank you and we will bless you for it in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we also ask that you would bless our Bible study tonight as we prepare to go into the message. Lord, I pray that you would give me the words to speak, that you would bless the preaching and the teaching of your holy word. And Father God, uh, we just pray that if there's any that uh, that are listening that are confused or maybe they don't uh, have a firm assurance of their salvation, or Lord, maybe they need to get saved, that you would use this study tonight to draw them into yourself. Father, we will thank you again, and we will bless you in the precious name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. And, uh, folks, if you have any quest- any questions or any prayers, that uh, prayer requests that you might have, you could always email them to me at info at com, or head over to our website, com. Look for that uh, contact form and send it on over. All right, so now I wasn't going to do this, but I have to because it's a birthday, uh, and uh, uh, it's my birthday. It's, it's my, uh, my 23rd new birthday, so uh, I'm going to wish myself on behalf of the Sword of the Spirit podcast family, a very happy birthday. Here you go, Joe. Happy birthday. It's your birthday. It's the day that you were born. It's the day your mama brought you home. I know I shouldn't have done that. That's tooting my own horn. So I, I, get it, I get it. I get it. You can you can cease the hate mail. All right. I've already gotten three emails. <laughs> so, all right, folks. Uh, so what we'll do here now is we'll take our second break of the night, and that'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible, grab yourself a cup of coffee, maybe a refill, because I am definitely going to get myself a refill of the espresso. And uh, when we come back, we'll be getting into our Bible study for the night on Revelation chapter 20, part number two. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll be back right after this. Stay with us. Stands an endless mercy tree. Every broken, weary soul find your rest and be made whole. Stripes of blood that stained its frame, 
shed to wash away our shame from the scars pure love released salvation by the mercy tree in the sky between two thieves hung the blameless prince of peace bruised and battered scarred and scorned sacred hand pierced by our thorns it is finished was his cry the perfect lamb was crucified his sacrifice our victory our savior chose the mercy tree hope went dark that violent day the whole earth quaked at love's display three days silent in the ground his body born for heaven's crown but on that bright and glorious day when heaven opened up the face and every tear he'll wipe away no more pain or suffering oh praise him for the mercy tree contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. 
It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Mm. Hey folks, this is Joe Russiello. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Sorry, I was taking a sip of my uh, my refreshed espresso. And um, we're going to get into, believe it or not, episode number 110 uh, momentarily. Uh, so we have been going through the book of Revelation, chapter by chapter, line by line, verse by verse, precept upon precept, and um, as we've put together all the facts and all the numbers, uh, and as we've gone through the book of Revelation, you know, what we've seen up to this point is approximately two-thirds of the world's population suffers death uh, during the tribulation period. Well, of course, that still leaves a third, right? And then this one-third of the population is dealt with as to whether or not they go into the Millennial Kingdom. And uh, we talked a lot about the Millennial Kingdom uh, last week, and uh, uh, it, it, it wasn't intended to take up the entire show, but it did. It did. And, uh, but it's a subject that I love to talk about, the Millennial Kingdom of Christ, and it's, it's something that's really exciting uh, to me, and um, man, I, I uh, it's something to look forward to. Amen. It's something to look forward to, and uh, you know, and, and I know we went over this last week, but I think that we kind of went over it so fast last week that it it kind of flew over some folks' heads. You know, it just kind of flew by them. Now, uh, the Gentiles, the Gentiles are judged at what we call the judgment of the nations, and we talked a little bit about that last week. Uh, that's Matthew 25. And uh, you recall that judgment. Uh, it's the judgment of the sheep and the goat nations. And the criteria of that judgment is how they treated Israel during the tribulation. Now, a lot of people get confused with that. They think that uh, those people are being judged to determine whether they're saved or lost. Um, they're being judged um, uh, they're not being judged for that. They're, 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 it has nothing to do with their souls whatsoever. It doesn't have anything to do with eternal life. It doesn't have anything to do with the forgiveness of sins. It doesn't have anything to do with any of those things. The whole judgment is based on uh, whether they're going into the millennium or not. Uh, and that's the judgment right there that we were talking about. Uh, then the Jews are also judged. And uh, that's also in Matthew 25. Um, that's in the early part of that chapter. 
uh, in the first part of the chapter, you have the judgment of Israel. And then in the last part of that chapter, in Matthew 25, you have the judgment of the nations. I think it's the first 30 verses are on Israel, and from 31 to the end of the chapter was on the, on the nations. And those judgments, those judgments determine if these people are going to have the right to go into the millennial kingdom or not. So it's really, you know, when you look at it, it's really a simple thing. Now, uh, those people that are walking into the millennial kingdom, you know, they still have an earthly body. Uh, they don't have an incorruptible body. They, they don't have a heavenly body. They've got the same kind of body that you and I presently have. So uh, that body is destined to die somewhere down through there. Now, it might live a long time. And again, this is stuff that we covered last week. Uh, it might live a long time uh, due to the atmospheric changes in the world. And, uh, you know, the whole world seems to go back to a pre-flood situation where people lived. And, and of course, you know, we examined the passage of Scripture in Isaiah 64 or 65, you know, somewhere in there. Uh, it talks about a, a child shall be as an hundred all right, you know, denoting that longevity is being restored. So, um, you know, you folks that are listening that are that are in the last quarter of quarter century of life, I mean, wouldn't that be something if you had the lungs or the legs of a seven year old? <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, sure it would. You see, uh, that's millennial stuff. That's the kingdom. You see, so there will, of course, be a lot of people probably millions going into the millennial kingdom. Now, it's important for us to know something because it's going to enter into play in the chapter that we're about to study. And um, that is that these people are going to walk into the millennial kingdom if they're judged rightly. And, uh, and by that, I mean they're deemed appropriate to go into the millennial kingdom. And, uh, of course, many of them will procreate. They'll reproduce. They'll populate. Uh, so once again, the world will be in the mode of a Genesis 1 situation. Uh, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the face of the earth. You know, God has said that after every cataclysmic judgment. He said that after Genesis chapter 1. He said that after uh, Noah and the flood, did he not? He said to Noah, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the face of the earth. So one more time. The command will go forth, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the face of the earth. You know, you know we talk about uh, overpopulation. You know, too many people. The world can't feed all the people. The fact of the matter is, America could feed the world if the government would just turn the American farmer loose. You know, if, if, if they would just turn them loose... You know, we, you know, America could feed the whole world right now. Um, there's, uh, you know, tremendous millions and millions of acres in Russia that could probably feed the whole world. All right. Now, a question that was sent to me uh, during the week, and I, usually, for those of you that are new listening, usually uh, in the opening portion of the show, I have a question and answer section, but I wanted to save this uh, for here because it ties into what we're going to be talking about tonight, and um, it, it, it would be good to answer it in the context here. So uh, this question was sent to me about this particular judgment and about what happens to the ones not deemed appropriate to enter into the millennial kingdom. 
Now, um, what happens to those is they go into the lake of fire. That's their destiny. And it's an earthly lake of fire. Um, it's not the one that we're going to see out in eternity. It's another one. And I'm trying to think of where that passage is. I think it's um, Revelation 19. Yes. Revelation 19 and uh, verse 20. Revelation 19, verse 20. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before them, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. Now, you recall that there was a passage over there in Matthew, and uh, it's, a, it's a kingdom of heaven context. And uh, the Lord Jesus is preaching, and he says, here's how it's going to come down. You know, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, I never knew you. And where are they? Well, they're cast into a burning fire. Well, where's that? At the judgment of the sheep and the goats. All right, now, now let's just stop and think about that just for a second. All right? You get over to, into eternity, and we're not there yet in the book of Revelation, but we're closing in on it. We're almost there. We're closing in. Uh, we're still in the millennium right now. Well, we're at the end of the tribulation and the beginning of the millennium. Uh, but you get over in eternity, and God renovates the heaven and the earth. And that's the launching pad. He renovates it with fire. Isn't that what Peter says? How about we take a look at that? Let's, uh, let's go find it. It's, uh, it's got to be in Second Peter. Second Peter. Yeah, Second Peter chapter 3. All right, now, um, because I'm going to show you something here. Uh, in the Millennial Kingdom, you have an earthly lake of fire, which is characterized for you. Uh, in, in other words, it's a spot on earth. I think it's in the land of Edom, if I'm not mistaken. Now, I don't have all those passages at my fingertips right now to run it out for you. I would really have to do a little bit of research on it. But um, I know Isaiah 34 is one particular passage. Isaiah 34 is a passage. Uh, most of the chapter is given to the discussion of this earthly millennial lake of fire. All right? It's a depository for the wicked. All right? Now, in Second uh, Peter chapter 3 and verse 10... But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of, the, of, the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Now this business we're talking about here, the tribulation and the millennial kingdom, is usually referred to in your Bible as the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. But I want you to notice the phraseology that Peter implements. He says, the day of God. It's not the same. It's not the same. Now, I know that God and the Lord are the same, but the Lord is trying to show you that there's a little bit of a difference there. All right? Now, verse 13. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, 
wherein dwelleth righteousness. All right, now what you have is a, is a tribulation of seven years, followed by a 1,000-year reign of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth. Then at the end of this 1,000 years, uh, there's a couple of major incidents in the chapter before us that we're going to study tonight. Uh, we have the Battle of Gog and Magog, followed by the Great White Throne of Judgment. Uh, then after all that's sewed up, well, what's next? What's next? Well, God melts the whole mess. You know, God's into recycling. Amen? He melts the whole mess. And he's going to melt it, the Bible says, with a fervent heat. And he's going to dissolve it. All right? Then he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth, and we call that eternity. All right? Now, this isn't the only place that it's spoken of. If you have your Bible, take it and turn over to the book of Isaiah, to the book of Isaiah. Now, if you recall, I told you that Isaiah is full, I mean, just chock full of stuff concerning the future, and it really is. All right? Now, interestingly, you have how many books in your Bible? You have 66 books in your Bible. How many chapters are in Isaiah? There are 66 chapters in Isaiah. That's why Isaiah has often been called a mini-Bible. Because it is. It is, in a respect. And it's amazing how many of the chapters in Isaiah parallel numerically the books of the Bible. All right, now in Isaiah chapter 66, which would obviously be the, par- the parallel for which book? The book of Revelation, the one that we're studying. Amen? All right, let's read on down through here. All right, now in verse 20, you have the millennium. Isaiah sixty-six twenty. And they shall bring all your brethren for an offering unto the Lord out of all nations upon horses and in chariots and in litters and upon mules and upon swift beasts to my holy mountain, Jerusalem, saith the Lord, as the children of Israel bring an offering in a clean vessel into the house of the Lord. All right, so that's millennium right there. And I will also take of them for priests and for Levites, saith the Lord, for as the new heavens... And the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord. So shall your seed and your name remain. So you see, in one verse, he's in the millennium. And then in the next verse, he's in eternity. You've got a new heaven and a new earth. In the millennial kingdom, there isn't a new heaven and a new earth. It's just the same old earth. It's just that the curse has been removed. But it's the same old earth. Now, in eternity, he makes a new one. I mean, right from scratch. You know, he just starts all over again. Now, now here's a fascinating thing that takes place at what I perceive to be the beginning of eternity. All right, right after the great white throne of judgment. Look at the next thing that takes place in Isaiah. And, you know, I figure as long as we're here, you know, really wasn't part of the program, but we're here, so let's look at it. All right, verse 23. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another. Well, one new moon to another is four weeks, right? One Sabbath to another is another week. So, now I'm not great at math, but I think I could figure that out. That's five weeks. So a five-week period of time. And that would, be, that would be about right, because five in your Bible is the number of death, Okay. 
All right. Shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. So God initiates eternity with a five-week period of time set aside for special worship. Well, what is this worship? Verse 24. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me, for their worm shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be in a boring unto all flesh. Now, that verse right there, or at least a portion of that verse, Jesus determined to quote three times in Mark chapter 9 alone, where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. And he said all flesh is going to go look on their carcasses. Now, a carcass in your Bible appears to be a thing without any appendages. So in other words, it's like a worm. You know, I said this before, and I'll I'll say it again. I, I believe in evolution. I do. I believe in evolution. I just believe in it in reverse. I believe that we're not getting better, uh, and I believe that the whole mess is going downhill. And I think that the ultimate destiny of any individual who ends up in hell is they just end up like an appendageless... I don't even know if that's a word. <laughs> well, if it's not, we just made it one. Okay. Uh, a carcass, uh, a worm, right, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. That thing right there. Now, that's a long way around the block, but I wanted you to have some background. Okay. So during the millennial kingdom, you've got a lake of fire on earth, Isaiah 34. In eternity, there's no lake of fire on earth. In eternity, you have a whole different setup. All right, now, the Lord talks about that as outer darkness. Outer darkness. Weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth in outer darkness. Okay? Outer darkness. All right. Now, going back to Isaiah chapter 7, it says that of his kingdom there shall be no end. And you find that proliferating... I, I can't I can't drink espresso before I do a show because I'm like flying right now. And you find that proliferating the Davidic covenant all through the word of God. Um, and of his kingdom, there shall be no end. And you'll see it again. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. All right. Now, that just doesn't mean a timeline. OK, that's not just a reference to eternity. That's a reference to continual expansion of his kingdom. There shall be no end. Now, this is a little bit uh, hypothetical, uh, theoretical, but um, I believe I believe it has a biblical basis. So you're going to have to put your thinking cap on here and think with me for a minute. Every cult... Okay, every cult has an element of truth. Heaven's Gate, do you remember Heaven's Gate? Heaven's Gate had an element of truth. They just get the thing twisted, right? They get it twisted and they get it turned around, especially when they depart from the book. Then they get it really twisted. All right? The Mormons have an element of truth. They got an element of truth but they get the thing twisted around. And one of the things that the Mormons teach is that someday you have the possibility of accelerating up to a position of 
a god and populating and so on and so forth. Well, it gets twisted in all that mess. All right, here's the deal. Over in Isaiah chapter um, 45. Isaiah chapter 45, let's look at that. Isaiah 45, 18. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it, he created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. All right, now in, in the context, he's talking about creating the heavens and forming the earth. And he says, do you know why I made this? I formed it to be inhabited. All right, now, I said the hypothetical, the theoretical. Now, surmise with me momentarily. Suppose Adam and Eve never sinned. God put them in a perfect environment. They had no illness. They had eternal life. All they had to do was stay away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and continue to partake of the tree of life. They could live forever. And God said to them, in that environment, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the face of the earth. They could have just kept on populating and populating and populating. There was no curse on childbirth then. Amen? I mean, presumably childbirth was no different than just going down to Dairy Queen and eating a banana split. So, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's run the thing out theoretically. So, the... Um, the thing continues to populate and to populate and to populate. And I mean, when you stop and think about the numbers, you know, the, uh, the thing gets astronomical pretty quick because you have no casualties, you have no death, no attrition. You know, the, the thing just keeps populating and populating like mad. It's like, you know, you, you start with a truckload of bunny rabbits and pretty soon you've got Australia covered with them. Amen. Isn't that the way it goes? You know, you got people everywhere. All right, now what happens? Well, the earth is covered with people. When they continue to populate, you know, well, what's God going to do now? I mean, if they haven't sinned, if they haven't fallen, he can't get mad at them and burn them up, right? So what does he do? Well, what did he create the heavens and the earth for? He created it to be populated to be inhabited. You see, we have a tendency to put God in a pretty small test tube when we think, you know, God, you know, all of his interest is confined to this one little planet. You know, that, that's pretty small. When God made the whole kit and caboodle out, out there. And he's not all that impressed with it because he, he said he's going to burn it all up and start all over again. Amen? All right, now, so he creates a new heaven and a new earth. And you have people, and, and as you'll see when we come to the end of the book of Revelation, you know, in eternity now, uh, in that garden of Eden atmosphere, you say, well, does the whole thing start all over again? Is the devil introduced? Well, no, no, not at all. Because sin is just dealt with immediately in eternity, per individual, you know, and on we go. All right, so the earth is filled with people after a while. Well, what then? 
Well, we, we've got galaxies. We've got constellations. We've got a, a, a whole bunch of stuff out there. Of his kingdom, there shall be no end. And the thing will just keep growing and growing and growing. And then, do you know what the center of the universe will be? It'll be the, the earth with the new Jerusalem hovering over it. That's the center of the universe. And the thing just keeps expanding and expanding and expanding. And it just keeps growing and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Now, do you know where outer darkness is? Where the lake of fire is in eternity? Well, it's way out there. At the edge of his kingdom. That's where you get the old saying on the outside looking in. Do you know what eternity is for the lost man? It's just getting further and further and further away from the light of God. Now, you see, I, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the Mormon doctrine. You know, I don't really have time to get into it, but if you're familiar with it, you can see where they get this thing and how they tweak it and twist it, you know, and how they go wrong with it. But, uh, you know, God's got constellations and galaxies and, and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. You know, folks, there, there's no way in our mind's eye, you know, you know, they tell us that in our galaxy alone, there's a hundred billion stars. And there's probably another hundred billion galaxies. And this is small potatoes because God says he's going to melt it all start all over. I mean, what a kick, right? What a hoot. All right, now, you know, what are you? Well, if you're saved, you're a child of God. If you're saved, you're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. What's, gonna, what's the Lord going to do with you out there in eternity? I don't know. He just might give you a galaxy, you know. And what's wrong with that? You see, we tend to put God in a, in a pretty small test tube. But, uh, you know, that's kind of just, you know, getting, but, you know, that's, you get the millennial lake of fire on earth, you get an eternal lake of fire in outer darkness. All right, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We're going to take a break here, and uh, Lord willing, when we come back, we'll get into, finally, a verse in Revelation chapter 20. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. 
Not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after these things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me, do and the God of peace shall be with you. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Now the Lord of peace himself Give you peace always, by all means. 
The Lord be with you all. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello. I'm not sure if I ever played that song. That's, uh, that was nice. I kind of got lost in it for a few minutes. Well, we are back and we are continuing our study in uh, Revelation chapter 20. And uh, so the things that we were talking about before the break, you know, the millennial lake of fire on earth, um, the, millenni- the eternal lake of fire in outer darkness, uh, we're going to touch more on that later. Uh, because we're going to come into some passages about that very thing in just a few minutes. So uh, let's go over to Revelation chapter 20. And uh, finally, 
after two after one and a half shows we're getting into verse one of revelation chapter 20 and i saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand now we've already discussed this angel back over in revelation chapter 9 but uh this time he's got a great chain in his hand and he laid hold on the dragon that old serpent which is the devil and satan and bound him a thousand years now you notice in the book of revelation frequently when god tells you about the devil he uh he runs out several of the devil's names so you can make absolutely no mistake who he's talking about amen do you remember uh he did that back over in chapter 12 you know the old serpent the devil the dragon so there's no mistaking about who he's talking about you know, evidently, the writers of the Bible believe in a literal devil, you know, who was a literal serpent, who was a, who's a literal Satan, a literal dragon. Why does the devil have so many names? Well, he's got a lot of names because he can assume a lot of different characters and profiles. The Bible says that he's an angel of light. Amen. As an angel of light, he's a great deceiver. The Bible says that He's our adversary. He's compared to a lion. You know, he's compared to a lot of things. He can come at you in a lot of different ways. He's wiser than Daniel. He's more subtle than any beast of the field that the Lord God had made. There isn't a person on this planet smart enough to outfox the devil. There's not one, there, there, there is no one, not one, smart enough to duel with the devil. You know, and I actually, I, I kind of get a kick out of those preachers that you, you hear, and you see them on the TV a lot. Um, and I've been to a couple of services in some other churches where, you know, these preachers get all worked up and, you know, they run around, and we're going to tie a knot in the devil's tail tonight. Yeah, okay. I bet you are, you fool. You're not going to tie a knot in his tail. <laughs> I can tell you that. You don't know what you're messing with, man. The that thing compares him to a lion. Now, realistically, if a 600-pound, shaggy-maned, African male lion came walking in the door, who's going to be the first one to jump up on him and tie a knot in his tail? I don't know about you, but as far as I'm concerned, it's every man for himself. I'm out the nearest window. No way, man. Now, he comes to lay hold on the dragon. Uh, verse 3, and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him. Now, the bottomless pit is where hell is today. You know, death and hell are cast into the lake of fire in eternity. Right now, hell is right directly under us. It's underneath us. It's in the center of the earth. And, uh, you know, we studied that some time ago. Uh, now, you've got an interesting situation here. Now, you've got the earth. And then you've got the crust of the earth, and in the middle, it's hollow. So the thing is like a donut. And since it's round, supposedly, you know what that is? It's a bottomless pit. It has no bottom to it. Because the thing just, you know, goes round and round and round and round. All it's got are sides. It has no bottom and it has no top. It's just got sides. That's why God calls it a bottomless pit. 
all right? And that's where the devil is cast into, that he should, that he should deceive the nations no more. Now, you need to notice that, you know, according to the text um, and, and a variety of others that we've, that we've studied, you know, the, the primary function of the devil is to deceive nations. That's the primary function of the devil, to deceive nations. Now, you know, there are a lot of people out there that flatter themselves when they say things like, well, you know, the devil was after me today. Probably not. You know, the devil's really been bothering me today, brother. No, probably not. (laughs) You know, your flesh has been bothering you. I can tell you that. But, um, you know, the devil doesn't usually mess around with uh, very many individuals. Do Do you know who he messes around with? He messes around with nations. Now, he does have emissaries. You know, he does have lesser devils at his command. And, and, you know, they may from time to time come and bother you. You know, they may pester you. They may burden you and problem you. Um, You know, what did Paul say over in 2 Corinthians chapter 12? He said, a a messenger of Satan was sent to buffet me. And interestingly, if the devil was going to mess with anybody... He would have messed with the great apostle Paul. <laughs> but did he say, the devil messed with me? He said, a messenger of Satan, right? All right, so what's the primary function of the devil? To deceive the nations. I had to mute the mic there for a second, had a cough. Now, uh, so if his primary function is uh, to deceive the nations, do you suppose he's been doing fairly well here in the 21st century? Do you think he's been fairly successful? Uh, Looking around the state of our country, would you say that America has been deceived? I'd say America has been deceived. I'd say the devil's done pretty well on this project. I say pretty well, you you know what I mean. It's worked. There's no question about it. All right, um, he's not going to deceive the nations for a thousand years period of time till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed a little season. All right, now he's going to be loosed for a little season. Okay, let's skip on down to verse 7 here, okay? Uh, And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. All right, now, this is at the end of the millennial period, at the conclusion of the 1,000-year reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. The devil's been bound up in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. Now, if you were to if you were to draw this out on a timeline, so you draw your line at the, at the beginning of the line, you got your trib, right, and then you got a thousand year reign of Christ, and then at the conclusion of this thing, the devil is loosed. Uh, he's been bound for a thousand years, and he's turned loose. Now, now this is an amazing thing. You know what's amazing about it? That after a thousand years of peace and tranquility. And that's what it's going to be with Jesus Christ ruling with a rod of iron. After a thousand years of everything being in perfect harmony, that the devil could get anyone to follow him. 
But according to the text, he gets hordes of people that quick. And you know what that tells me? That tells me that contrary to the, you know, the social planners, environment does not build character. Our social planners tell us that, uh, you know, well, we, all we need to do is take all of these underprivileged people and build better houses for them. And that will make them better people. Wrong. Well, what we need to do is train them better. We need to send them to school and teach them how to be functional people. And then they'll be better people. Wrong. No renovation of the human life starts from the inside and goes out. Renovation of the human life starts from the inside and goes out, not from the outside in. It goes from the inside out. Because what you have here are millions of people who for a thousand years are living in a perfect environment. I mean, perfect. It couldn't get any better. The economy's perfect. Nature is perfect. You know, it's not 110 degrees in the shade in Texas. I mean, everything is just absolutely grand. I mean, there's plenty of food to eat. There's plenty of housing. There's plenty of anything you can possibly want. Absolute security. There's no war. There's no crime. Uh, you know, the Lord deals with crime in a very strange way over in the book of Zechariah in the Millennial Kingdom. You know, I don't, I can't get too sidetracked on this thing, uh, but boy, you know, God got some strange stuff he does in the Millennial Kingdom. He's got a flying scroll that kind of flies around watching what people do, and then when they get out of line, it bops them. <laughs> you know, it's a wild deal, man. It's a wild deal. And if I got sidetracked on that, man, I'd spend the whole night there. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll come back to that another time if we have time for it. But, you know, but the Lord's got some strange stuff. There's no crime. There's no war. Uh, you have the perfect environment. And the moment the devil is loosed, he gets an army together, a huge army of people that are anxious to follow him. You know what that tells me? You can put people in the most perfect environment, and if rebellion is the seed of their heart, given the least opportunity, it'll grow and blossom. And there will be lots of them, lots of them with rebellion in their hearts, in spite of how wonderful everything is. You know, it's a strange thing. It's a strange thing. You know, Dr. Ruckman told a story about a man down in Mississippi, I think, that raised two sons. And he said, he said it's, a, it's a mystery to the man because he raised both of those boys the same way. He raised them in the same home, same atmosphere, same condition, disciplined the same, loved the same, uh, fed the same, cared for the same. And he said one of them grew up to be a game warden. The other one grew up to be a poacher. And he says, how do you explain a thing like that? All right, how do you explain Jacob and Esau? How do you explain Cain and Abel? How do you explain a thing like that? How do you explain Solomon and Absalom? How do you explain a thing like that? Uh, and, and you can see it. 
I'm sure some of you have had the same thing happen in your homes. You know, you raise, you raise children and one goes good and one goes bad. It's just the way it goes. Do you know what it is? It has to do with the individual heart. That's what it is. It's the individual heart. It's not that you loved one more than the other. It's not that. It's not all the stuff the, uh, you know, the shrinks like to put on you, you know. It's something down deep. It's a rebellion thing. All right, now, you know, the Lord does that. And a lot of people say, well, why does the Lord let the devil loose at the end of the millennium? And uh, somebody actually asked me that not too long ago. Why? Well, I think to prove some things. I think to prove some things. Number one, to prove that man innately, even given the most perfect environment, is still instinctively sinful. You know, we're talking about the same seed that we came from. They're still Adamic in nature, are they not? They still came from Adam. Same seed. The same seed. All right? You know, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. And so you get a bunch there, you know, the devil is turned loose, and it doesn't take any time at all to get a crowd. All right, now let's go over to, to Ezekiel. Ezekiel, we're not going to delve too much into this um, because, you know, one of the difficulties in teaching a book like Revelation is, is knowing really just how far to go. And what I'm trying to do is give you an overview of the book. I mean, if we really dove into this, we could spend five years in Revelation. But uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39, Ezekiel 38 and 39, these two particular chapters deal with this time that the devil is loosed. And it's called the Battle of Gog and Magog. Now, if you run the thing out in your Bible and, and Bible history and, and the genealogies, you know, all the way back to the book of Genesis where all this stuff comes from, this appears to be a reference to Russia and her allies. And the Lord devotes two chapters to this. All right, Ezekiel 38. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. Now, those that study these things, and folks, I am not an authority on uh, Bible uh, geography, all right? I don't pretend to be, um, but, those, but those that are say that Meshach uh, or Meshach, is the old Bible word for Moscow. And Tubal is the old Bible word for Tubalisk. And, uh, uh, and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. And I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth, and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. All right, so Russia and her allies. And uh, more of her allies are identified in the next verse. Uh, they're all coming toward uh, Israel from the south. 
uh, toward where, or they're all coming south, I should say, toward Israel, uh, toward where the Lord Jesus Christ has established himself in his throne. And so uh, they're declaring war, and, and here they come. And it's, it's interesting that, you know, it's, it's interesting God says that they're doing it on horseback. Did you ever think about that? They're doing it on horseback. Now, uh, some of this might have tribulation application. I, I think that uh, we have a preview of this Gog and Magog in the tribulation. So I think in this situation we have some double application going on here in 38 and 39. You know, sometimes it's, a, it's truthfully, sometimes it's, it's a little difficult to sort out. But it says that they're on horseback, and that's a fascinating thing. In 1958, the United States Army gave up the idea of a horse cavalry as a strategic impossibility. So really, for, except for ceremonial units, we don't have a horse cavalry. Um, Russia, though, has never given up on the idea. I mean, even though they have armored cavalry and, and all the stuff that we have, they, they've never really given up on the idea of a horse cavalry. In fact, you know, they tell us that one-third of the world's horses live in the boundaries of Russia. I mean, that's an amazing number when you stop and think about it. One-third of the world's horses. Um, when we gave up the cavalry notion, uh, you know, they continued on, and they made great efforts over the years to, uh, to breed uh, a super horse. You know, Russia has bred a war horse. It's a horse designed for war. You know, it's, it's capable of going long distances on small amounts of, of water and feed. You know, it's, it's like uh, energy efficient. <laughs> uh, and they've been doing that for over 50 years. They're really into this horse thing for whatever reason. Well, the reason is probably just to fulfill prophecy. All right, now let's see some of the allies. Verse 5, Persia. Persia. Persia is modern-day Iran. And uh, that's the old land of Darius and uh, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, the old archenemy of Israel, dating way, way back. Uh, Ethiopia. Ethiopia is still in existence, right? It's a southern ally. And Libya with them. Libya. That's an interesting thing. You know, right here in your Bible. You know, many, 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 many years ago. All of them with shield and helmet. Uh, Gomer, that's Germany. And all his bands, the House of Togomar, that's Turkey. And all the, and of the north quarters and all his bands and many people with thee. Now, if you look at that thing, you know, by and large... Those were the Axis countries after World War II. So anyway, as you go down through here, uh, verse 11, uh, And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. Well, that's got to be the millennial kingdom. They're at rest. They're dwelling safely for a thousand years. All right, to take a spoil and take a prey, and turn thine hand upon desolate places that are now inhabited, and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst 
of the land. So the devil does what? He deceives nations. He's been locked up, so he can't deceive nations for a thousand years. At the end of it, he's loosed to go forth, and once again, he successfully deceives nations that follow him. Now, what's all, what has always been in the heart of the devil? Rebellion, right? Rebellion, that's Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. That's what led to his fall. That's what led to his fall initially, rebellion. So once again, he institutes rebellion, and he says, follow me. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish, with all the young lions thereof, shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Now, presumably, Tarshish and all the young lions thereof, uh, people that know more about this than I do say that that's England. And, uh, you know, one of the characters uh, of, or emblems of England has been a lion. You know, the shield and the coat of arms and all that stuff. Um, the young lions thereof. Some people attribute America. And, uh, you know, who knows? Art thou come to take spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey? To, uh, to uh, carry away silver and gold and to take away cattle and goods to take a great spoil? Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto Gog, Thus saith the Lord God, In that day when my people of Israel dwelleth safely, shalt thou not know it? And shalt thou come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company and a mighty army? And thou shalt come against my people Israel, and etc., 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 and so forth as you go on down through here. All right? Now, uh, right through there and through the next chapter is a character, characterization of uh, the end of this 1,000-year period where the devil is loosed for a little season. Now, really, it's kind of an amazing thing. Why, after a 1,000 years of a perfect environment, people would choose evil over good? But you know, I'm just as amazed today why people would choose evil over good, but they do. You know, people will go to the polls and they'll vote and they'll say, well, I know that this guy doesn't have any character. I know he's a crook and I know he's a philander and all, and he's this and he's that. But, you know, I'm going to vote for him anyway. Well, why are you going to vote for him then? Because I think he can do more for me. You see how the thing goes? It's a crazy world, isn't it? What's the problem? The problem is the human heart. It needs to be regenerated. It needs to be regenerated. Now, what happens in the millennium is the earth is regenerated, but the human heart still needs to be regenerated. And many hearts will not be regenerated there, even though they're living in, the, in a uh, regenerated world. And so what will they do? Well, they'll follow the devil. All right. Uh, let's back up here and pick up a couple of verses that we skipped over. All right. Uh, Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them. And judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. All right, now these are tribulation saints. We saw them back over in chapter 6. Uh, this bunch has been beheaded for the witness of Jesus. And for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads, or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. All right, so 
this bunch right here that we're talking about, these are tribulation saints that were martyred. Martyred saints are going to rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years in the millennium. That crowd right there. Uh, And it seems, according to our text, that the prevalent method of being martyred in the tribulation is to be beheaded. That's the deal right there. Tribulation saint, we're just going to line you up and cut your head off. And that'll be the end of it. You say, uh, is any of this going to happen before the tribulation? It could. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people get the wrong idea. They, they think that uh, just because we're not going to go through the tribulation, that it means that we're not going to go through tribulation. Saints have been going through tribulation for 2,000 years. Isn't that right? But, you know, you know, stop and think about it. There's worse ways to die. I mean, Paul was the apostle to the church, to the Gentile. And the Gentile lopped his head off. He's a type. He's a type. But there's worse ways to die. And I mean, here you are, and boom, you're gone. You know? It's not too bad, really, when you think about it. I mean, it's probably better than a firing squad. You know, the... You know, they shoot you, and you, you probably feel every every hit. You know, like, ah, 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 you know. <laughs> Pardon my sound effects. And then, what if they're lousy shots? You know, you ever think of that? What if they're lousy shots? You might, you know, drown in your own blood <laughs> you know, before you die. You know, so it's it's not so bad. You know, there's worse ways. You know, they separate you from your head, and it's over, man. It's done. It's done. Not too bad. Not too shabby. You know, folks tend to get spooked for the wrong stuff. (laughs) They really do. Well, so anyway, this crowd here, right? Now, uh, this is uh, the Tribulation Saints. Uh, I'll I'll grant you that. You know, this is not church-age saints. This is... This is tribulation saints, but, um, you know, here they are. They were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. And, uh, you know, folks will hate you for a witness about Jesus Christ more than anything else you can do. You know that? Do you ever realize that? You'll incite more animosity, more hatred, um, vengeful thinking for, uh, for a witness of Jesus Christ. You know, you could steal from folks, lie about them, defraud them, and cheat them, and they will not be as mad at you as if you witness to them. And that's a strange thing, but it's the truth. So what are we so so um what are they doing with these folks that have a witness? Well, they cut their heads off. That's what they do. All right, verse five. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. All right, now I don't have time to walk you through the whole resurrection program. You know, I did think about it, though. I, I mean, I really did. I sat down, I was writing myself some notes and putting together some, uh, some points on the resurrection program, and I thought, well, you know, I don't want to get sidetracked, you know, and because I could build a whole message on that, and maybe we'll do that for another time, but I want you to notice what the book says. Here's something you do need to know, all right? Verse 5. 
but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. All right, now, the thousand years are finished at the close of the millennium. Now, the tribulation saints live and reign with Christ a thousand years, and others don't, and they're resurrected after the millennium. And the Bible says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. All right, now, the Old Testament Jew was under a wrong impression. He was under the impression that there was, there was only one resurrection, and that resurrection was the one that takes place after the millennial kingdom. Although he couldn't identify when or where, and he didn't have a name for it like we do, you know, the great white throne of judgment. But he just figured that there was one resurrection. All right, go back to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. And uh, I think we're going to take another break shortly here because my voice is starting to give out. And we still have a little bit to go. John chapter 4. Um, no, actually, I'm sorry. John chapter 11. John chapter 11. That's where we want to be. John chapter 11. And verse 22. Martha is visiting with the Lord. Or, you know, I should probably say the Lord's visiting with Martha. Uh, but I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So, in other words, the general religious population of the world, to this day, holds to one general resurrection concept. Now, if you ask the average religious person who has you know, enough religious background to have a semi-religious discussion about it, and say, um, you know, what do you know about the resurrection? And they'll say, well, we're all going to be resurrected someday. When, where, and how, and all the particulars involved, they really have no idea. They believe in what's called a general resurrection. And that's the thing right there, the great white throne of judgment. Now, when you get to visiting with people about it, you say, what's the criteria about? What's the basis of that resurrection? And they'll say, it's your works. It's your works they're absolutely right. That is the basement, the basis of that judgment and that resurrection. It's works. But you see, I'm not going to be judged by my works. I'm not going to be I'm going to be judged for my works. I'm not going to be judged for my works at least as far as eternal life is concerned. I'm going to be judged on the merit of Jesus Christ. All right, so Martha was basically just parroting the, par parroting the party line. And he said, yeah, I believe in the, in the resurrection of the last day. Well, let's see what Jesus said to her. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? All right, now there's another resurrection. Well, when is it? Well, how about the one that's just prior to the tribulation? That's what we call the rapture, isn't it? Isn't that a resurrection? That's our resurrection. I mean, you're going to get resurrected one way or the other at the rapture. If you're saved, 
you're either going to get raptured alive or dead. But either way, you're getting resurrected. And so what, is, what does he say in the next verse? All right, go back to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. Blessed and holy is he, this is verse 6, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. That's the rapture. But really, that's not the first resurrection. You know, we can say in general terms it's the first resurrection, but really, it's not the first resurrection. Well, what is the first resurrection? Christ is the first resurrection. Amen? All right, now, what did he tell Martha? I am the resurrection and the life. So if you're in him, you're already resurrected. I mean, if you want to get theologically correct and technical about it, you are already resurrected. Hence the gospel in First in First Corinthians chapter 15 is the belief in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be back. It's going to be a short one right after this. Don't go away.
Amen. Amen and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. I uh, really needed to take a minute there. My voice is starting to, to give out on me. Uh, so I want to show you something here. And uh, I, I think I've showed this to you before, but sometimes, you know, and there are some things that you, uh, you can't repeat often enough. When, um, when I was saved, when I was born again, I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and his completed work, Calvary. Now, what did that do? Well, that put me into the line of eternity. I was saved, and now I'm a child of God. And so I'm now in this line. Now, I got saved 23 years ago today. And, uh, you know, we automatically think, well, you know, eternal life starts, you know, there. It started that day 23 years ago and, and goes forward. No, when you're in the line of eternal life, when you're in Jesus Christ, remember, he's the Alpha and the Omega. Amen? In other words, eternity goes backwards as much as it goes forward. You're in him. He's eternal. He went to the grave. And when he went to the grave, you went to the grave. When he came out of the grave, you came out of the grave. That's why the Bible says we are we are present tense, not future tense, we are seated together with him in heavenly places. I've already been resurrected. Isn't that a blessing? Now, this old body hasn't, you know, hasn't uh, been resurrected yet, but this is the least of my worries. Isn't that right? I mean, we put the greatest emphasis on the least, don't we? All right? Verse 6, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. Well, I would say to you, if you really want to fine-tune what this, what this first resurrection is, it's your faith, confidence, and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it is. All right? But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So this possibility of reigning for a thousand years is not only available to the martyred saints of the tribulation, but it's also available to the church age saint. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 12 and uh, uh, Luke chapter 19 uh, and uh, you know it talks about that in both of those passages. All right, verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Well, I really can't conceive that, you know, but I believe it because God said it. Verse 11, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. All right, now, you see what the average man says? The average guy says, well, I'm not doing so bad. You know, when you question him about his soul, when you question him about eternity, when you visit with him about, uh, about it, you know, hey, if you died today, would you go to heaven? Well, you know, I'm not so bad as that guy over there. 
you know, and I'm religious, uh, or, you know, I'm good, or, you know, you get, I'm not that bad. What the guy's really saying to you is, he goes, I want to be judged according to my works. Amen? So God's going to accommodate him. God's going to give him the opportunity to do so right there at the great white throne of judgment. All right, now this is where all the unsaved dead for all the ages show up and march in legions and legions before the Lord or stand before him or, you know, whatever. And, uh, well, they're standing, right? Verse 12, standing before God. And uh, this is called the great white throne of judgment. This is the judgment for all unsaved dead. They have one resurrection, and there it is. And they stand before the Lord. All right? And the books were opened. All right, now you ask, what books were opened? Well, you know, God's a bookkeeper. Now, I personally believe that the books are the 66 books of your King James Bible. You know, your old black leather-covered 66 caliber right here. You know, the Lord says, all right, you want to compare yourself to righteousness? You want to be judged according to your works? Yes, I want to be judged according to my works. The Lord says, okay, let's see how you did. Well, he wouldn't have to go too far, right? He could just start in Exodus chapter 20, you know, the Ten Commandments. He could start right there. I mean, do you think anybody would pass that test? Well, I can't imagine anybody would. You know, but just for argument's sake, let's say a guy does. Let's say he gets past the Ten Commandments, like the rich young, like the rich young ruler did. Do you remember him? He almost passed the test until he got to the tenth one. That one kind of messed him up. But let's say a guy gets through the Ten Commandments. Again, I don't see that happening, but let's say he does. Is that the end of it? Oh, wait a minute. There's 65 more books. Can you imagine being judged by these books? Whoa. Folks, this is a standard of righteousness that no one, no one, save the Lord Jesus Christ, ever lived up to. No one is ever going to live up to it, short of being in him. They're judged according to their works. So people that die today and go to hell, death and hell deliver them up, and here they come someday, and they stand before the great white throne of judgment. And uh, honestly, I don't care who they are or how nice they are or uh, how religious they were. If they didn't trust Jesus Christ, they weren't saved. I don't care if they were your relatives or my relatives. It doesn't really matter. If they didn't trust Jesus Christ, that's where they're going to be. They're going to stand before the Lord at the great white throne of judgment at the end of the thousand-year millennial um, kingdom. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. God's a bookkeeper. He keeps books. And if you're not found in one book, then... I'm sorry, your name's not in the book. Did you ever, um, 
I had this happen to me once, or maybe twice in my life. And, uh, you know, this is, you know, I can't even, you know, this is such a slight shadow of what this whole thing is talking about. But uh, it's the best illustration I can come up with. Did you ever uh, go on like a long drive, uh, like an all day long, long trip? I mean, all day long. And you had reservations made at a hotel or a motel. And uh, all you could think about for the last three hours of your drive is, man, I cannot wait to get to that motel. Get a shower, stretch out on that bed. I just want to relax, get a good meal, and yada, yada, yada. And you walk into that motel lobby, and you go up to that reservation desk, and you say, I made a reservation. And they say, oh, we're sorry, we can't find your name in the book. Well, I made a reservation. I'm sorry, but it's not in the book. Do you have a room? No, I'm sorry, we're booked. We're full. Well, do you know of any other motels in town? Well, they're full too. You see, we've got a big thing going on here, and they're all full. Well, is there anything you can recommend? No, I don't, I don't think there's anything I can recommend either. All right, there you are. Your name's not in the book. Your name's not in the book. Don't let that happen to you. Don't go to the check-in desk of heaven and find out that you don't have a reservation. Book your reservation today. Put your full faith, trust, and confidence in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and ask him to save you. Now is the time to get your reservation in order. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the message today. Father, I pray that if there are any under the sound of my voice that don't have that reservation set at the check-in desk of heaven, that, Lord, today would be the day that they would make that reservation by putting their full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood and the completed work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. Father, I want to thank you for the preaching and the teaching of your holy word. I want to thank you for the blessed book. Father God, I want to thank you also that uh, I don't have to worry about standing at the great white throne of judgment. But Father God, there are many that are close to me that are in jeopardy of that judgment. And Father, I just pray that you would just work in them, draw them to yourself, that they might be saved, and that their name would be found in the book of life, in the Lamb's book of life. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, folks. Well, that will just about do it for us on this episode of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, tune in tonight. I know we went a little bit long, but hey, that's okay. This is important stuff. Head over to our website and look for that Support This Podcast button. And if you can help us out with a, with a contribution, we would appreciate it. And don't forget to uh, send us over a message on our, ch- on our uh, web form there. And folks, until we meet again, win the lost, no matter the cost. God bless you. Take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. 
or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.